The following QCCS Mackay Cutters Change the Game episode contains critical and confronting conversations that some listeners may find upsetting. Audience discretion is advised. Change the Game, proudly brought to you by the QCCS Mackay Cutters. Hi everyone, welcome to QCCS Mackay Cutters Change the Game podcast podcast. I'd like to acknowledge the uh, traditional owners of the land we're meeting on today, the Yui people, the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Today we're sitting in Key Solutions boardroom and I'm joined by Frank Adard uh, from Key Solutions and we're going to talk today, Frank, about healthy and safe work environments. Cool. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. It's good to be here. We had uh, a team meeting in here earlier this morning with your presence and um, yeah, we've been doing that a little bit as a Mackay Cutters team going around to different sponsor groups and you're one of our, our important sponsors and um, getting to, to know sponsors and sponsors getting to get a little bit of insight into what we're doing too. Yep. How'd you find that? That oh, was good, yeah, again. Yeah, I feel a bit privileged to be part of the group to be honest. So, Awesome and I think this chat with you today you will be, you know, get some great insight into the behind the scenes of key solutions and and I know this subject is really important for your business to make mm. sure um, your operations are, are safe and, and healthy yep. and the environment environments you create here um, are that so what does a healthy and safe work environment look like at key solutions group for me it's uh, having positive people um, happy driven um, and they're out looking for each other's back basically so um, we don't have to micromanage or, you know, everyone's doing it off their own back, they're following their processes and you know, doing the right thing, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and then you, how do you onboard someone that, you know, a new new starter into the business? Is this part of um, their onboarding when they come into your work environment of, um, you know, them knowing what to do and what not to do. Yeah, yeah, like we have a um, like the standard induction process and all that, but we sort of have a couple stages, I suppose, like interviews and um, a bit of review with our management team, you know, depending on the role, I suppose. Um, and, yeah, basically then graph people into the KSG way, I suppose. So, you know, you do an induction and that's sort of like all the things that you need to cover as a minimum, but every business is the same. There's, there's, a, there's a specific way of how things are like filed and where things are put and you know it's like the tools have to go back into the tool area and there's a shadow board or there's a store you know so um and you sort of can't induct people on that sort of stuff you gotta mm. show them and then once you show them show them again and i suppose that's the the time it takes time and a bit of experience so more experienced people get they again get a bit more remote control and um yeah it looks after itself basically so yeah great what about the, you touched on the type of people you, you liked uh, to recruit into Key Solutions Group. What type of values would those people have oh, you look for? Yeah, they're driven, they're positive, um, and it's all probably revolves around attitude more so than aptitude. Um, we believe we can sort of train people, and from our apprenticeship schemes and um, our graduate programs, that's very much revolves around um, getting people at the right attitude and then them wanting to learn and, and grow and develop with, with key solutions and with us as a, as a bit of a team, you know, so. Yeah, so you started back in 2007, Key Solutions Group. Yep. Is that correct? So from that, to build your organisational culture, 
I'm, I'm guessing that would have been really important from the start that you had things in place to and to drive those standards and expectations internally. Or you know, tell, go back to 2007. Tell me about that time and how many people did you start with? And yeah, it was so easy. I managed myself very well 2007. <laughs> so and that was what it was. It was based on myself and phone and. Um, I had a bit of a business partner at the time and he was doing um, a lot of other stuff you know, in, in the area. So it was basically just me and him. Um, but we sort of did our own, sort of did our own thing, you know. So, um, and I guess it, it was a bit, definitely a bit of a journey because you don't just start a business um, off your bat and have all the systems and processes. So after 15 years, you, you live and learn some lessons along the way. Um, you develop systems and you think you have a, a good system and then you sort of go through a process and this is not a good system. So you're continually reviewing and improving, you know, your systems and stuff. So, um, and yeah, the, the culture side of it's we've had you know, some external people come in and, and help us a little bit along the way, but it very much has been driven more so by our team. Um, and when we believe that we need to focus on that and we do touch on our cultural values at every meeting at the start of the meeting, just for, few seconds you know just raise the point talk about what are we doing to sort of embrace that um when we have our little breakout groups and stuff so um so it it, it sort of brings people um that from outside key solutions that probably don't you don't see that not exposed to it mm. it brings them into the group so we after 15 years, I take it for granted. It's just how you know, things are done. So if someone comes in and we're inducting them and showing them the KSG way, so to speak, um, you know, we basically have to reteach that, you know. So, um, and that's not taken for granted. So, you know, we just got to keep going through the process and keep reiterating it. Yes, it gets boring to me because it's 15 years on making, but um, yeah, it's it's good. It's it's not sort of boring. So, and bringing different people into the business is pretty pretty exciting because see, you see the business growing and developing and it's getting its own own sort of legs considering it was just me 15 years ago. So, yeah, it's yeah. impressive. So how many people do you have working for Key Solutions Group now? Oh, I have to be a bit ignorant, but I lose count sometimes. I think it's 80-something people at the moment. So okay. um, we have a casual workforce that comes and goes depending on our projects and all that. So, um, But yeah, we're 82, 83 at last count, so I haven't yep. counted for a little while. And then the values that you you mentioned before, and you touch on them in in meetings, yeah, that's great. What are those values? Uh, I think it's drive, integrity, respect, um, safety is probably the top one, um, and then probably the four or five main ones, top of my head. So yeah. yeah. Um, and have they changed at all over the fifteen years? Um, probably just gotten a bit more specific, so they're a little bit easier sort of to remember, I suppose. So. Um, short of coming up with a, a crazy acronym that takes all of them, you know, in, in um, and I, I look, it, a lot of people do repeat the same words, the integrity and honesty and all that sort of stuff. And I guess we, we've got to show it and live it and breathe it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we, we are what we do. So that's what we focus on. So, um, I mean, there's probably lots of organizations and businesses around the place that, yeah, we're honest and we've got integrity and yes, we do and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, and look, that's, that's I agree with that, but it's more so walk the talk and you know that sort of stuff. So yeah, very focused on doing and and being, I suppose, and living it every day. So yeah, and the benefits um, of, of that too, and how it's connected into everyone's you know yeah. behaviour at work. Yeah. Um, you know, also outside of work as well. Yeah. You know, flow onto personal personal values for people. Um, 
So how how other than talking in meetings and about them are you do you embed the values and those behaviours in the workplace? I, I guess we we can't force people to do this stuff. So from the start when the initial conversations you know take place about people coming on board, people will assimilate with the values just naturally anyway. So unless you're assimilating with these values and they're not sort of way out there, you know people go oh yeah I want to work for some someone like that um so and and that's what we sort of try to take that on and embrace it and let, and let it grow i suppose let it do its own thing mm-hmm. let people do their own thing because if they're driven they're going to be more driven about doing things right so for us that turns into a safe product or you know a quality product that you know we're not going to hurt anybody and it, it goes from there so we end up being more effective more efficient um so i guess the the value or how you quantify the value that a good culture like that um you know provides is just you know i guess we're still here 15 years later so and we're still growing so um must be working yeah so measured in your pr- productivity and that prog- productivity get that word out two times is you know you guys um yeah. you know, you, you, your strategist you've you uh, fit your solution uh, fixes, if, if yeah, that's a word. Problem solvers. Yeah, problem solvers yeah. Uh, you know, for industry. And yeah, the main industry is mining, um, well, yeah. construction. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about Key Solutions and what you do. Yeah, well, I guess everyone talks about the mining, but, I mean, it's it's a very pretty uh, big chunk of what the Bowen Basin and central Queensland area is. But we, we still look after, you know, a fair bit of the Mackay sugar and the sugar industry and um, the ports. So um, we've got involvement with, you know, council and government organisations as well so um, it just comes back to our skill set of engineers and that that we have so being able to apply that to all the different sectors and generally just providing some sort of level of customer service because I know everybody's busy at the moment and it's very hard to get people to you know pick up the phone and give you a quote or whatever and just get just general help I suppose because you can't know everything and we're in a similar boat we bring people from wherever we need to Brisbane Townsville to help us out so um yeah, it's very much a team sort of environment, I suppose, that we're um, trying to foster. So, um, But, yeah, like maintenance and problem solving is, is what we do. So um, we'll have a lot of different tools that are brought in over the years just to have them on tap. So, um, you know, things like scanning and 3D printing and all that sort of stuff. So we always think about some, some way that we can utilise those tools to help be a bit more efficient and be a bit more effective for our clients and mm-hmm. have it all in-house so they don't have to go anywhere else. They could just come here, sort their problem out go back to the day or whatever so um but yeah and then what about your management and leadership skills that you have in, t- in at key solutions group like how do you um use them to again help create that safe and healthy work environment mm, yeah tricky question it is because uh, it's it's as as i know you, you know there's the ups and downs there's and flows yeah. of management and and leadership and it's not always positive yeah look it's it's just one of those things i guess you can go and do heaps of management and leadership courses and training or whatever but there's nothing like talking to someone and and getting one-on-one i suppose so i wouldn't say that i was born or trained a leader i don't i don't actually know how that's actually evolved i actually don't believe i'm a very good leader personally but I think um, it just comes back to basics and being personable um, and calling a spade a spade when you have to. So when you've got to have the difficult conversations, you know, basically bring it on, don't let it foster, don't let it fester, don't let it sort of 
just deal with it have the conversation because i think and that goes through so many different levels like even like um with change the game and and depression all that sort of stuff again it's all about having the conversation or being the the person that actually grabs someone and says come on we need to have a conversation about this or that or whatever Mm. or if it's a team environment get everyone together don't matter how busy you are take time out you know reset or have another conversation or or just celebrate the little wins you know guys we've we've done very well up to this point so you know the game's not over until it's over so you know we just got to keep 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 on going so yeah so in some of those things you do so you've just had a staff barbecue yeah um, yep so we have like a monthly safety meeting uh every month so um that was supposed to happen friday but um, we had you guys on with we'll have a barbecue and bring everyone together have a bit of a chat on safety and just reiterate all the all the good things that we're doing so you know we're very busy like everybody else at the moment so um, it's always good to just take some time out and um, yeah just talk about the specifics and, and and again just celebrate the good good things that we're doing so far have a bit of a just a bit of a brekkie and um, yeah get back into it again sort of thing so only little things I suppose there's lots of little things that make up a good culture i suppose so yeah and those difficult conversations uh at the workplace um you know do you get knocks on the door and you know timely to have those conversations or are those conversations um proactively done from your end or do you have like a well-being sort of group within the workplace set up well we have our eap program so anybody at any time can reach out to them but then they can reach out to me and reach out to our managers and i guess from a proactive point of view we do like our quarterly reviews um because i feel like an annual review when you sort of want to get all dry about management styles and we do an annual review and all this sort of stuff but we try to do them as a minimum every quarter and if more regular you know if if we feel the need Um, but again I think it comes back to having a a good positive culture if you have a good positive culture and it's sort of looking after itself you very rarely have to have those conversations because everybody's in it for the right reasons and you know we're all sort of focused on the the common goal being you know key solutions and doing the right thing by our clients so you know difficult conversations are not very not very not had that often really so yeah okay. that's that's good then what about like um identified risks you know if that you can that you as a business have to identify the hazards yeah. um that may arise how do you implement the controls in and around that um hazards and risk assessments i suppose is something that the industry you know necess- necessitates i suppose so um, so we have a couple of different levels and we've taken it to the next level where we actually run through animations, 3D programming and all that sort of stuff. So we'll bring our whole workforce in if the job is a bit more specific and we'll run them through the whole process and then develop a whole risk assessment step by step, getting into the detail um, and then working out what falls out of that that we need to say implement controls, whether it be special tooling or fixtures or whatever we need to do to make the job more efficient, more effective, more safe. Um, and we do that for every project. Um, in terms of actual finance and commercial type arrangements, again, we'll do a risk assessment based on um, what's the risk reward benefits, what's the exposure to our business name, you know, all that sort of stuff. And that's at more of a management level, I suppose. So, um, and yeah, what falls out of that is, well, A, do we take the job on? If it's too risky in that format, can we change the format and those sort of things? And again, it's opens up a bit more dialogue and conversations with our clients about what we can and can't do yeah. in their time frames or their expectations or whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a 
which we try to apply it through a couple of different scenarios. So, mm. um, and every guy and girl is encouraged to do their take fives and all that sort of stuff as, as often as they need to. What's, um, a, what's a take five? Uh, take five minutes, basically, to sit back and just look at what you're doing and think about what you're doing, basically. So very, yeah, it's like a slam process and all. everyone's got their own little different acronyms for it. But um, I think the take five, when we adopted it, very early because it's very simple just take your time and if you're not sure make a phone call call me you can call anyone you want if you're not sure just reach out and that's generally what we try to push so yeah yeah so in the physical physical risks and hazards are really easy to identify and sometimes see or not easy but they're easier to see yeah. and predict the psychological risks and hazards um, yeah. is it something that you guys also pay a lot of attention not not pay specific attention to, I suppose. Um, it all depends, like, with, say, um, major incidences in the industry. You know, take time out to check in with people. Um, and we're very focused on trying to avoid those sort of circumstances and those incidents. But sometimes they do happen. And if the guys are sort of indirectly involved, they may take it on board personally. So, you know, it's a matter of, again, it's a phone call. They may come on in a year all right or whatever so and well, i generally have those sort of type of conversations with the guys so and it's not not that often but i mean it's still it's it's there i suppose and that's probably what I try to push it's not you're not sort of on your own so um yeah yeah and you monitor fatigue and stress yeah well, yeah our fatigue management process and policies are sort of pretty pretty stringent but i guess um everyone's pushing the boundaries at the moment we're trying to get things done quick and we're late before we start more times than not um so yeah we try to work you know pretty stringent rosters and, and all sorts of stuff and try and balance the workload and you know again keep everyone happy you know in between so take time out when we need to so yeah i like that do you take five yeah, generally. Yeah. Mm, depends. I'm at the football, that's when I take five. So chill out. But um, yeah, I try to take five and get away here and there. So, um, But yeah, not, not, I probably don't have the luxury, I suppose, more than most people. So, but yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, I want to learn a little bit more about your why um, and pretty much connection to Key Solutions Group to um, the region, Mackay as mm -hmm. well. Um, what's your why? I don't know if it's a why as such. So when I um, kicked off KSG 15 years ago, I sort of started getting frustrated with why things were so difficult. I didn't think things should be made hard. And I suppose to me, um, customer service was probably the biggest thing I saw missing and probably still to this day in some specific areas and things. Um, so I thought to myself, it can't be that hard. That was basically, I know it sounded simple at the time. And... 15 years on it's sort of you still see all the other things and pitfalls that do get in the way and try to make it more difficult so uh, and like I say to anyone that I have in my team I'm here to basically knock down the pitfalls and the walls to make things easier to get things done basically so um, and I guess what started out is just me and and trying to look after a couple of the key connections that I made along the way working through you know other organizations and stuff and not letting them down um, it's sort of grown in its own legs with you know the 80 odd people we have working here and that whole team not letting them down with the connections that they've made and then goes on to the families that they have and then me trying to basically 
gear up the place that then does both, looks after the team as well as look after our customers and hence why we build facilities and all this sort of stuff. So, And that's the sort of drive, I suppose, is just you know, generally looking after everybody and trying to do the right thing um, with it, you know, within reason and then giving back to the community as much as we possibly can and, and seeing Mackay being like a little bit of a home homegrown hero, I suppose, and isolated from Bris Vegas and all the, the big centres and, you know, so... Um, yeah, it's trying to make it a nice big circle of life, I suppose, and hand things back and make it go around. So, yeah, well, you're supporters of a lot of. Um, oh, you're always on the radio. You're always on TV. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, know, you you throw your your money behind charities. Mm. You're, you know, you're a sponsor of the Mackay Cutters, which is yeah, which is great. What are other, some other big, not big, but what are some of the unknown? Um, oh, charities that you support this, this heaps but I think um, there's things like little summer, summer house I think she's across the road from, from you guys so um, they do stuff with you know, kids and that um, you know sort of not so advantaged people um, but just the, the sporting groups are the easy ones to support you know because I guess that has to go back into our kids and it's geared you know trying to get the word out that the kids and you know, just keep keep going and, and, and have a bit of a go um, I'm just trying to think of all the other ones that are floating around you know, surf lifesavers and all that, but we just generally just try to share things around a little bit. So, I mean, everybody's in the same boat, you know, they're all trying to have a go and, and, and make the most of what they've got. So, um, and look, we're, we're out there and we're, we're doing well and might as well share some of much, as much as we can. So, what about the cutters uh, going into season 2022? Uh, you've been a, a long time supporter and sponsor of the club. And yep. what are some of the things you've noticed? Um, maybe some positive changes along the way. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think this year looks a lot different to the last few years, and I, I don't know if that's just the way um, the organisation's grown, or it's because of COVID, with it, you know being shut down and all that sort of stuff. And I think uh, everyone's sort of getting a little bit more, I guess, positive to get back into sport and get back out there. So, um, but look, I, th- I think the the whole game is is definitely evolving from the ba- the days when the Cutters won the, the championship with Tel Malolo and all the, the next big names of the Cowboys in there. So, um, But again, it's a challenging environment. You know, the Cutters are competing for space. It's, you know, it's got more and more, you know, social media around it and advertising and marketing, all that sort of good stuff. So, um, but look, I think it's definitely got an opportunity. It's got a not good opportunity to bring all the clubs and all the community groups together, you know, and, and sort of embrace what Mackay is. Because I guess we're all we're all in this together. When we're looking for trades, or we're looking for skilled labour, or we're looking for doctors and practitioners, and all this sort of stuff. And everyone's like, oh, we've got to go to Brisbane, or we've got to go to Townsville. And I guess that's the the problem is, is we have to actually build something that's you know significant enough that the good people want to come here, as opposed to not coming here and going where they are currently so um and yeah that's what I, I see is like well we've got a lot to offer here so um and you know people that jump on planes and they want to come out of the southeast corner to work here but go back and live in the southeast corner well you know we sort of need to embrace a little bit more and, and help sort of develop you know what we have to offer here and whether that be I don't know marketing I don't know solutions probably smarter people than me out there that can come up with that but um, I think yeah, if everybody owns it and embraces it, it would make life a lot easier. So, what about uh, what's one piece of advice you'd give a, a young kid coming through, maybe he's year twelve at school or he's just finished and just in started the, uh, his path in the workforce? 
so many different paths i guess that's the first question and that's probably the daunting thing i guess coming out of grade 12 or even going into grade 12 or whatever it is is what do i do what's what's just you know and i guess i was sort of in that boat a little bit and i'll go back all those years ago and think what what do i do so i basically got out into the workforce and and sort of tried to turn my hand at a couple of different bits and pieces and i thought no i want to do engineering and I focused on that so I worked hard um, got my degree and then sort of went from there so I guess the first thing is you sort of doesn't really matter there's no right and wrong choice at the end of the day but if you work hard or whatever it is that you choose you're probably going to go okay so um, but yeah just yeah knuckle down and, and you know today's day and age where everything's so simple it's all on your phone click a button guess what there it is it's it's not that easy so yeah knuckle down and the, the opportunities will come so and and you've got to show that you've got to take the initiative you've got to work because the opportunities aren't gonna just materialize and someone's not going to see so you've got to actually get yourself out there and have a go yeah great advice what did you want to do when you left year 12 oh like i said i didn't really know so I just um, got into um, the sugar milling industry and I did um, science through TAFE um, and I finished that and then I studied um, engineering externally after that while I was still still working. So mm-hmm. did eight years external study, graduated of that, did a master's degree in business and did that externally as well. And yeah, I think it was nine, ten years later after I finished high school that I had two degrees and a couple of jobs and yeah, so... I still think having that qualification is definitely what you need. That's something that you can always fall back on, whether it be right or wrong. Um, if you need it, you've got it. If you don't have it, well, what have you got? What about mentors? Did you have a mentor that helped you along that path? Uh, I had heaps of mentors, actually. Um, so I think I've got a full A, full page of people that I've sort of taken either advice or little snippets um, along the way that I sort of, wrote down just one day when I did a five minute take five and sort of just chill out and just think um, about you know what advice triggered me to go where I went so um, you know things like motivational speakers and all I wasn't big on them until I got introduced to one or two and started listening to them while I was driving because I spent lots of time driving so um, and just even like my uncle saying you know if you want to do well you've got to be your own boss that sort of just little just little snippets and bits and pieces along the way mm-hmm. um and yeah there's no sort of one hard and fast mentor you know so uh, and look having a business partner is always a good thing that gives you that nudge you know and someone's always sort of guess puts it out there that you know you probably could do this you know so you know without without his sort of like a little bit of encouragement and having literally him as a safety net when we're probably only using each other i suppose along the way um but yeah i don't think there was actually one mentor i think there's a whole whole collection of different people different aspects of life and experiences and all that so yeah and what about the future finish on um finish on this for the key solutions group and even yourself what what do you envisage for, for this place have you hit have you heard the advertising your future um Oh, look, mate, just keep doing what we're doing, you know, so um, we're probably going to have to extend again at some point, um, but I don't know, mate, just keep doing what we're doing, um, and hopefully our industry can find another venue for the for the future moving forward, I suppose, it's, you know, if you've got a crystal ball, it'd be, be great, it'd be multi-multi, but anyway, um, yeah, just keep doing what we're doing, mate, I think it's an easy way to 
capture everything. So, yeah, well, definitely. I, you know, again, thanks for coming on and keep doing what you're doing. Um, <laughs> you. Yeah, wish you all the best, Frank, with uh, Key Solutions Group. And um, again, thanks for the support you provide the cutters, and look forward to you know, seeing you at more games in season 2022. No worries, do. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Change the game. Proudly brought to you by the QCCS Mackay Cutters.